0: for the we we're here today recording another piece of our one year later story we're with actually one of our i think our most played podcast or one of them um we're here with danielle today to talk about how the last year has been how are you today danielle
1: i'm good a little nervous
0: actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you think you've been here done that before you know right.
2: What, only a year and a half ago? (laughs) Practically yesterday. Yeah, it's like a habit by
0: now, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well practiced. (laughs) So, there's been some big changes in the last year from when we talked to you last. Mm -hmm. And I guess we'll just talk about what we were kind of talking about before we actually started recording. So, probably one of the biggest changes in the last year is you're now engaged.
1: I am. Yep. We're getting married March 7th, 2020. So, I'm pretty Mm. excited about that.
0: Have you started the planning process yet?
1: Oh yeah, I already got my dress and things. I think like the only thing I have to do is get food and bridesmaid dresses. Oh wow! Oh yeah. Way ahead. I'm like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm actually like, I'm really excited to get married. I didn't think I'd ever get married again. I was like very bitter about like just relationships and stuff, especially in the beginning of my recovery. I came from a, um, I was in a relationship for 11 years that was extremely abusive. Um, physically, mentally, and emotionally. You know, I came out with two beautiful daughters, but um it's been a lot of work being able to trust and be vulnerable and um have a and have a healthy relationship without all that it's hard. But mm-hmm. with all that it just uh I don't know, it seems to just fit and work really well. Yeah. I don't
0: know. How has the um like the planning process been stress wise? Oh, not bad.
1: Oh, really? Right. I'm just like, on, everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I even ordered my dress online, and I got really lucky because it fit perfectly. And me and um, a nurse I work with measured me with a piece of string and a ruler. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I was like, wow, we did awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah,
1: it was cool.
2: So you think part of your recovery and kind of opening up yourself and, and – understanding how you work has helped you see relationships in a more positive light? I know there's a lot of self-discovery that happens along with the 12-step program or or stuff like that. Have you, what what has your experience been?
1: You know, I was sitting there one day and um, uh, I looked at Jake and I said, you know, even if nothing works out, I believe that God put you in my life to show me what a relationship can be like Mm -hmm. and to change my standards on what I believe I deserve in a relationship.
2: Wow. So he was a major part of kind of bringing that around.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just had um, a very dysfunctional idea of what a healthy relationship was or um, any sort of kind of relationship, whether it's friends or a significant other's family, anything like that. Um, but with the 12 steps and, like, living in this program and living by the principles that this program teaches you in all of your life, I mean, it's just, um, I know it's changed every aspect of my life. Not just, wow. oh, I, I got sober, you know, like, I just don't stick a needle in my arm anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, that was, like, maybe my goal, my mm-hmm. expectation when I first came in. I mean, really, my expectation when I first came to treatment was, like, maybe they'll just lock me up in a room and I won't be able to hurt nobody, you know? Mm-hmm. won't be able to wreck my life anymore. won't be able to hurt nobody. My parents won't have to worry. And um, I've just gotten so much more than I could have ever possibly imagined. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: So you started, in the beginning, you felt kind of like a, a destructive, uncontrollable force. Like, you just didn't have a handle on yourself.
1: Oh, yeah, I was, like, I, I explained it, like, I could, it was, like, I had left my body, and I could see myself doing all these things, I know that kind of sounds weird, but Mm -hmm. I could, like, see myself, and I'd be screaming at myself to stop, don't do this, walk away, like, in my head, just fighting constantly, don't give that person your money, stop buying drugs, why are you driving here, why are you doing this again, like, but I couldn't I couldn't get my physical body to
3: stop
0: doing it. hmm like... Yeah. So kinda of what's that internal dialogue like now? Does it still kinda of like does it still exist? Or like no obviously with like using and stuff like that, but just with other things like oh my how God, has was like,
1: a hit long yeah. <laughs> it's the whole thing.
3: Right. <laughs> <But> <laughs> we won't go that
1: far. Um, no, I mean I still I actually um, I'm so much kinder to myself. Mm -hmm. now and um I feel like I'm present not just in myself but um in the moments that I'm in on a regular basis you know things happen and um thoughts come into my head every once in a while especially since my um clean date is coming up next month I always start getting like weird thoughts um thinking about the past and not only like kind of where I came from but more detailed things that um I'm quite ashamed of Mm -hmm. come up and I know I'm not that person anymore and I know I'm very proud of who I've become now and where I've gotten to but those things are still there and they did happen you know and so I kind of start thinking about a little bit more around this time of year but um I'm able to cope with them length by length that's just not the person that I am anymore. Mm -hmm. but you know and um I know that when I look in the mirror now today
2: Right. Mm. I think that's a big part of the process of uh, recovery is feeling those feelings and thinking those thoughts, but then finding a way to cope with it or mm-hmm. finding support. Like, you're still going to have some of these same feelings, maybe to a lesser degree, of course, as time goes by. Absolutely. But still, they're there. But knowing that, hey, boom, I know what this step is or I know what to do. I mean, at this point, mm-hmm. is it automatic?
1: Um, it's a lot more automatic. Some of them are worse than others, of course. Like, some of them I really have to process. I still go to counseling once a week. Um, Mm. But that's the cool thing is I can, like, I have, I'll have, like, those thoughts or those feelings or situations. And I'm able to be like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to, that's kind of a big one. Just going to put it over here and keep going and move on. And I'll deal with it on Friday when I see my counselor, you know, Mm -hmm. or whatever. Or call my sponsor or another woman in the program, whatever it might be. You know, sometimes I just see people, and I work with so many people that are in the program on top of it, and, um, I have super healthy relationships. I can even talk to my mom about a lot of these things now, and before, I felt like I could never talk to my parents about anything, not only on their end, but on mine, a lot, because I was so shut down and closed off, and I had such a big divide, but having real conversations about things, you know, which Mm is really amazing, um. I'm pretty transparent today with most people. I'm pretty honest. I'm kind of like, this is this is who I am. I'm right here, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Someone said one day, like it worries me when you talk about all this stuff, and I'm like, I would be worried if I don't talk about these things. Right. That's when I get worried is if I'm not talking about those things that go on my head. It's, it's crazy in there. It's got to come out some way. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, but it comes out in a lot healthier way. Right? I don't. Those feelings don't stay forever. They don't hold on to me as much as they did, and mm-hmm. the more that I work this program, and the more I live by these principles, and the more, the more I build a relationship with God, that I understand that I can let these things go. You know, they're so mm-hmm. minute to compare it to things that are going on in other people's lives that, you know, I I have nothing but gratitude today. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Has that gratitude been a pretty common theme as you've been going through this? past year and a half I know that's especially for us um and, and me personally uh trying to be more grateful for stuff has really helped out but making that a habit and purposely mm-hmm. doing it that's kind of a struggle of its own so how has that been for you trying to be grateful
1: so my like natural state is like I'm a bitter hateful person like I don't mm-hmm. like people I don't want to do anything I'm not happy about anything unless it's my way like that's my natural state you know and I have to ask God every day to To keep my heart and my eyes and my ears open to whatever you know he wants me to be and keep me from selfish, self thinking. Because if I am ungrateful or bitter or angry or selfish or you know, wham wham for me for me, you know that leads down a very dark road. My sponsor had to tell me the other day I was like whining about something, and my sponsor was like, maybe she should just be grateful, and I was like. I know that I should, but I really don't want to be right now. I just want to (laughs) grow a (laughs) thing. But it's great because I I can be at peace and I can be calm and I can still be grateful and I can still have an issue with something over here. I can be sad about whatever this is or Mm -hmm. um, you know, a little stressed out about whatever this is i'm not perfect i'm a human being you know i still so mm. stressed out about things i mean it's christmas time everybody's like ah! <laughs>
3: yeah ah, you
1: know? especially when have think. kids yeah like, oh yeah so, you know i got kids and we got a new tree and a dog and a cat and christmas cards and wedding invitations and like now i'm like a real person who mails them in the mail to like relatives out of state. And, <laughs> Things that I don't normally do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a lot of stuff. But even though, like, I have a lot of stuff going on, I'm grateful that I get to be a part of it today. All right. And oh, I'm calm yeah. about it. Like, things are going to work out if they work out. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll make it to the mailbox. You know, if Cub Scouts will either get cupcakes or we'll pick up the fruit packet on the way there. Like, things mm-hmm. work out today. Right. There's no reason to be angry and mad or hateful anymore i don't have a reason to be like that
2: anymore <laughs> how did you develop that feeling that
0: things are going to work out because that's what i was just thinking uh, it's a lot of faith yeah in the world around you
1: <laughs> um I, so I don't know if it's a lot of faith in the world itself um i think it's just faith faith that um i'm gonna be okay you mm-hmm. know uh, we have a third step promise, and it talks about um, having a new employer, all-powerful, as long as we do his will, um, he'll provide everything we need. It's not exactly what it is, but it's just that basically saying, if we do what we're supposed to do, God will provide everything. And I will tell you, there is not one thing that I don't have. I mean, I have everything I could possibly imagine in my life, emotionally, mentally, physically. You know, material things, relationships, everything. Um, but it's like, so having trust and having faith, and that's this is what I really work on every day. And I think like this is one of my foundations, like one of my big foundation stones of my recovery is that I can say that, for, use Jake as an example, I can say that I trust him, right? But so when he leaves the house, am I calling him? Where are you at? Who are you with? What are you doing? No. So I say that I trust you, but do I show it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, same thing with God. Like, I can say that I trust God or, you know, I have faith in God, but unless I actually act upon that, so if I'm running around freaking out that nothing's going to work or having running around me like, oh, no, this is going to happen. i got to fix it all right now, which, one, takes me out of the time that I have with whoever's around me whether it's a sponsee my children a co-worker i'm in here in my head thinking about everything else that i have to fix instead of letting god have it hmm. knowing that it will work out and i've worked on that since day one i mean like i mean guess not day one <laughs> day one i was really out of my mind but um since i worked on my third step you know a few months into my recovery i believe that gratitude Trust and faith are actionless. I mean, I can say all I want to that I'm grateful, but how do I show that I'm grateful? Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be mean like, "Oh, I'm so grateful for my family," and then I'm on Facebook in my bedroom. Get out of my bedroom. Leave me alone.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if I'm grateful for my children, then I need to be there, present with my children. You know, mm-hmm. same thing with my family. Same thing with my job. Same thing with my recovery. I can say that I trust. And have faith in God. But unless I act like I have trust and faith in God, it doesn't matter.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
1: know? And at first it was really hard. And sometimes it gets a little hard. Like, I swear, like, sometimes God just messes with me. Like, wait until I get to that last little string. Like, there has been a moment or two where I was like, I'm going to run out of gas. I'm going to run out of gas on the side of the road. Like, it's going to happen. I got to go pick up the kids. I'm going to run out of gas on the side of the road. And, like, something just happens. Like things just happen. It's crazy, mm-hmm. you know. I, I don't know. I've never been stranded on the side of the road out of gas. I've never not had food to eat. I've never not had a warm place to sleep. And neither do my kids. You know, we have everything we could possibly want and more. Mm-hmm. i never. I haven't been beat, hurt, outside you know, nothing. Like, that has happened to me since I've been in recovery. And it just proves, I don't know, for me, it just strengthens my trust in my faith. that makes any sense at all. Absolutely, (laughs) it does, yeah. No, no, it's good stuff.
0: And I think that's a good segue, right? And you were just talking about, you know, like, picking up your kids. Like, that's something you get to do now that you didn't get to do a year and a half ago. Uh, Is Like, you have them full-time now, right?
1: I do. I got full custody back. November of 2018, so um, that was pretty exciting, Um, like, going to my last, and actually, interesting, I uh, went to my last hearing, where they released me, and um, the lady from OCS was actually talking about um, this podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah, she was actually saying, like, how she listened to my podcast, and you know, how there's, like, some really cool things on there, and it just um, shows how people can, you know, can overcome this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, um, the kids moved back in with uh, me and Jake, and um, my small one just started kindergarten this year, the other one's in second grade, and we're in Cub Scouts, we did dance last year, like, we just get to do all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. I mean, Saturday, we all went and had, pancakes with Santa Claus, and, yeah, tonight we have Paula with Cub Scouts, and then we have a Christmas party tomorrow, and then we got Christmas around the world on Friday. It's like, cool. it like, cool. So
0: you're, like, one of those cool moms that, like, takes their kids to things.
1: Well, I like to, my kids love to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we can't, we, we there's only be 24 cool hours of and like, right. like, can't do, I know that you wanted to do everything today, but we can't. spread it out a little bit
0: right, Mm -hmm. that's super cool
1: it's been really great and I I mean I get to see a lot of women in my work and in recovery who come in and they are going through the same problems and stuff and uh, you know it just helps um, it helps show them that it's possible Mm -hmm. you know that there is hope I hadn't seen my kids in like over a year when I first came back you know um, I had no hope to see my children that wasn't mm-hmm. even a on my list of things that I like. I said, walk me in a room for the rest of my life, and I'd be good.
3: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I, I did not think that I'd ever be able to lead a normal life.
0: Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty great.
0: That is incredible. When do
2: you think that turned around for you? Like you started to feel like these opportunities were within your reach, you know, versus being locked in a room.
1: Um, I would say about after six months, it was like right around six months, that whole idea of uh, the other shoe dropping kind of mm-hmm. started going away. Because mm-hmm. for the first six months of my recovery, I was like, any day now, any day now, I'm going to be like in a dope house and be like, nice job, Danielle, trying to be, nice try, trying to be a normal person, but this is who you really are, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, that was around the same time that I did my steps six and seven, too. And that's what really um, we'd always talk about the spiritual awakening. Like that's what my that's when I had mine, and it wasn't a burning bush or anything. It wasn't some big miracle. Um, it was like I, I worked those two steps, and for the first time, I looked on paper and saw myself, all the defects, all the assets. You know, all the good things, all the bad things, the things I wanted to work on, you know, all the things I wanted to get rid of, and really finally asked God for the willingness to change me as a person. You know, I had surrendered to this disease. I knew, I knew in my heart that I had was powerless over drugs. Like, I know that. Put no doubt in my mind, you know. Um, but it was like the real... First real time where it was actually about changing who I was. And that's what's cool about this program is, like I said, it's not about just drinking or drugs. It's, it's getting a new perception on life. And that's exactly what happened. Right around that point, it was like one day I woke up and I just kind of understood. I saw things differently. I saw my life differently. I saw myself differently. There were bad things. There were good things. But I knew that there were things that I could fix. Like, there was a solution to those things. It wasn't just who I was. It wasn't just all this list of, you know, I wasn't just a thief and a liar and this and that. It wasn't all of those things. They were a part of me.
0: You know,
1: they became a huge part of me in my, you know, addiction. But I realized, like, I didn't have to be like that anymore. And there were things that I were able to. So it was like for the first time I saw a solution. Like I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. I saw that there was something different out there for me.
2: Mm-hmm. Sound like you believe you really started to believe you could change. Yeah. I think that's one of the most toxic parts of of being in addiction is you start to identify with it. It becomes who you are. Mm-hmm. And then if you believe that, it's almost like getting yourself away from it is betraying yourself. Or, or losing a part of you that oh, is absolutely. not a part of
1: you. Like, I totally grieved. I grieved over the loss of drugs and alcohol. But, mm-hmm. um, I remember, I had like a year clean and I walked into my apartment and the neighbors had like some wine playing really loud. You could hear like the bottles clinking. You could smell the weed. And I was like, just, I got really jealous.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, yeah. Like, what the heck? Yeah. Why,
1: why did they get to smoke weed and drink beer and just have a nice time and, like, nothing happens? Yeah. And I called my sponsor and she's like, Daniel um, normal people don't get jealous because they can't have a beer. That's... Touche. I got that. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I mean, I agreed for a long time and, um... I mean, sometimes I make jokes now, like, we were going Christmas shopping, and I was like, man, Jake, remember when we were drug addicts? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> like, I make jokes every once in a while that, um, <laughs> like that, but I I never, I never want to go back to that, you know? right. it's mm-hmm. really not who I am, and I did grieve it. And um, I think when I'm really not spiritually there or spiritually fit is when I do kind of get jealous or something. But, um, you know, it's appropriate. My, every day, my goal is to be as spiritually fit as possible, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a human. Like, things happen. Or, you know, sometimes I just have bad days. Like, that's okay. You know, so maybe those thoughts will go through my head and not really about using, like if there were two things I was going to relapse on, it would be alcohol and weed, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially now that like weed's legal and it's just everywhere. I'm like, I mm-hmm. tried by like freaking five weed stores on my way home. I'm like, what? Where were you? years mm-hmm. ago, <laughs> what the hell? i, know. I remember like, all quiet and shady, you know? Like, what is happening right now? But, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, that would just be nice, you know, if like one day I was able to smoke some weed. But I know that I can't. Right. I know that I can't. And I know that usually I'm not quite, you know, maybe I'm super tired or running late or kids, you know, are, you know, the loves of my life, but they're also little psychopaths. So, (laughs) Mm. that. Isn't there
2: like an acronym for that for these specific vulnerable scenarios where you might be tempted? I remember reading about it somewhere. I don't remember. It's there's like angry, tired, pulp, pulp yes, yeah. hungry,
1: angry, tired. Yeah. yeah. And the, that's the thing. Like I look at that stuff real quick and just be like, oh, I'm just tired or mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm probably hungry. I get cranky when I'm hungry. Angry. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, you know, but um. Yeah, you know, things happen, and that's not my go-to at all. Like, I don't go to the weed store. I don't find myself in the bar going, oh, should I, should I not, and then leave. None of that's ever happened to me. I search through people's stuff at the detox center. I pick up drugs all the time. You know, I picked up full shots of heroin out of someone's coat before, you mm-hmm. know, and never once have I been like, oh, man, get high. I don't oh. want to get high
0: anymore. My life mm-hmm. is so good. I don't want to escape it anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a huge thing. Yeah, I think we were kind of going down the same track there, really. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, because I think, like, that, like, from a lot of the stuff we've heard and, you know, all the conversations we have, it is that escapism, you know, that it is, like, so, like, such the point, you know, yeah. of, like, using substances. And, like, that's just such a cool thing when you can see someone in recovery or just in general, that's like, like, I don't, it's almost like, I don't know, this sounds dumb, but it's, you know, it's like high on life, you know,
3: Yeah. <laughs> but like, like,
0: I don't know that sounds silly, but really, like, when your life is just so good, that like, not that it's not hard occasionally, but like, when it's so much better than it used to be, that you're mm-hmm. like, man, like, not even drugs sound better than what I'm doing now, that's pretty cool, and like, super huge, like, I don't know, I just think that's, that's just pretty amazing. It's like really cool to hear.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, I don't know. Besides, I'm like way too busy. Way too busy. I don't, <laughs> yeah. to I don't
2: have time for drugs. <laughs> I'm
1: so tired. That sounds like so much effort to have to go get drugs. But mm-hmm. uh, no, I just don't. I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't want it in my life. I don't want it. you know, I I know no matter how some how good it might sound or seem sometimes um either the weed or the beer or whatever it is um i know that it's it's almost like a trick
4: yeah
1: you know, i'm all mm-hmm. like uh-uh <laughs> you nope no yeah, like <laughs> not happening yeah you know, i right. know that it's a, i know that it's a trick mm-hmm. and i know it's that addictive part of my brain Saying just do that, mm-hmm. like that's a good idea, um, and the only way I overpower that is with you know God in this program.
0: Not today, Satan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't like to say that. I'll be like the devil he sounds like I'm all like you know, super yeah. religious or anything because I'm not. But um I'm very spiritual and I do believe in God and um, I do believe that the drugs for me personally took me to a place of. What I would call a living hell,
3: right? Yeah,
1: you know, that I for me it was like, um, it was like I put a demon inside my body, and I, and it always sounds like so, like, you know, biblical when I say that, but I don't mm-hmm. know how else to describe it, right? So I try not to come off like possessed, gotta mm-hmm. get that out of there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I don't like to
1: say it that way, especially to people who haven't been in this program before. You know, I, I truly believe in my soul that um a twelve step program and a God of your understanding and a relationship with that God is what will give you a happy, joyous and free life. But I also don't like to run people like right out the door by being like, You need to find God now.
3: Right,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. So
4: definitely
2: along with what you were saying Aaron about uh, kind of oh man I lost it Hold on. you were saying like uh, having your own life kind of along that line. oh
0: yeah 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 having a life that like you are so happy with that you don't yes. need drugs to escape it yeah, yeah yeah yeah
2: exactly so expanding on that I believe that in addiction you don't realize the price that you're paying You don't see all the things that you're missing. You don't understand that you could have a family, that you could be celebrating Christmas, that you could have even the privilege of worrying about, like, which activity you're going to go to, you know. Mm -hmm. But once you are out of it, like you have been, you realize that in order to go back, you would have to lose everything. You would Mm -hmm. have to pay this price that you've never seen before. You didn't realize it could be this good, Mm -hmm. that even the struggles would be so worth it. So I think a lot of people don't get that kind of perspective. That's huge of understanding what life is like without it. If you didn't numb out and you were completely in your life, mm-hmm. you know, there it has potential to be incredibly beautiful, but you can't see that. You can't see that stuck where you are, and all you see is the the pain and the struggle around you, and you just don't want to be a part of it. But there's there's just a much better option. There there are more options. There are ways to to get out of it. And I mean, I remember talking to someone this past week, I was telling them about the podcast and they're like, um, that's kind of cool, but I just don't think that people can do that. I don't think they can get out of it. You know, uh, I think everyone will eventually go back. And then I mean, you don't, <laughs> you got to listen to this podcast then, <laughs> because these people have changed their lives completely. And I believe, I believe firmly that there is a point that you can get to where you don't go back. Like you're talking about, you're dealing with, with what used to control your life it's literally in your hands you're taking it out of these you know jackets or or whatever and you're not you don't have the desire because you have the desire for life you don't have the desire for escape so it's not even a pull which i mean some people probably wouldn't even believe you they're like Nah, you're probably just like (laughs) oh man i don't want (laughs) to give this up
1: no no
2: you're over it Mm -hmm. but that's just that just is mind-blowing really
1: i think um I think one thing that I remember probably more that is more useful to me on a daily basis is that I probably, I'm just as close and easy and capable of getting high right now as someone who has one day. Mm -hmm. Like seriously, I could leave here and be high in 10 minutes. Probably easier than on my first day out of dreaming. Like, now I have a car, I have money, people trust me, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think anything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I could right. probably do that for a while. But that's what I remember all the time is that I am just as close in this moment to my next drink or my next drug as I was on day one. Mm-hmm. Or as so-and-so is at day 30 or whatever. You know, um, like, I'm really excited that I have three years. I mean, I'm... okay. I'm ecstatic. Like, I'm, yeah. you know, let me tell you, like my birthday's coming up, and I am just—I'm really excited about it.
3: Like, yeah. I'm gonna be all humble. And <laughs> but, yeah.
1: Because I never be. thought—I never thought people could do this. I didn't, mm-hmm. and especially I never thought I could do this. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. all the things I have in my life on top of it, like I just figured, you know, if I did have a life, it would just, you know, be me with, like, cats, and I don't even like cats, but I just need a crazy cat lady that Mm -hmm. I like them, you know, but I have, like, this real life, and I just, I never thought that people could do this, and so I have to remember that each day, I mean, that's, that's all I have. Every moment is all I have, you know, I'm just as capable of getting high today as I was on day one. I have more things. I have more things to lose, material-wise, emotionally, you know, all these things that I've worked on with inside myself and it's not just, yeah, I have my kids back. I have a house now. I'm getting married. Like, I have healthy relationships. I have this great job. You know, those things are absolutely amazing and I'm grateful for them every day. You know, God has given them to me and just overwhelming with joy but I have done so much work internally that that's stuff that I don't want to give love mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't want to give that away I have worked so It's going to make you cry I have worked so hard for the things inside of me
4: mm-hmm.
1: the ha- real happiness um I'm not ashamed I don't hate myself anymore I don't, I'm like truly, truly happy, and that is mine, I have worked for that, God has given it to me, and nobody can take that away, nobody can take that away from me unless I allow them to, somebody could come and steal my car, you know, somebody I know could pass away, I could get fired tomorrow, like... All those things can happen. My house could burn down. I'm like hopefully don't. But <laughs> you know those things can go away. But like what I have inside of me, this spiritual peace, like this happiness, is and it's mine. Mm-hmm. And nobody can take it away from me. You know. And it's it, it, there's not even words to describe it. I worked so hard for it, and I'm. I'm not I, I'm not willing to give that up. At least in this moment. Mm-hmm. Right now. Right. For today, I am not willing to give that up. You know, who knows what's gonna happen tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow something absolutely horrifyingly tragic happens and I do. You know. I I I can't think about what's going to happen. I know right now, right here, that's how I feel and I wanna hold on to that for as long as I can it's such a great feeling.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what I don't want to give up every day. Mm-hmm. Those are the things I think about. You know? Yeah. Sorry, I like started crying. No, no it was
0: no, super, yeah, that was, that was like pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think some people could see that not knowing what tomorrow holds as being like poor planning, but really I think being in the present is staying grounded and connected to reality and mm-hmm. what you can control and so taking it one day at a time a one minute at a time even mm-hmm. is more useful and is better because it is what is within your realm of control what you can do something about exactly you know, tomorrow's going to take care of itself
1: tomorrow's going to be there i mean i i make plans i love to make plans <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, i got like a little calendar in my phone that tells me about my plans mm-hmm. you know but the thing is is what my reaction is to it when it doesn't work out as planned. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Oh yeah. You know, I can have all the plans in the world, but I don't need to plan the outcome. Right. You know, because that's in you know, God's court. Yeah. My, mm-hmm. You know, I could be driving home and getting an accident. And there goes my plans for tonight. You mm-hmm. know.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: No Cub Scouts. You know. Right. No cupcakes, things like that. Like mm-hmm. that can happen. Right. But to be grateful, like you know, everyone in the morning. In the morning, I drop off my kids. I'm on my way to work, in the I'm in the car by myself, and the one thing I do every morning is thank God that everyone just made it where they were supposed no
3: to mm-hmm.
1: be. You know, it's eight o'clock in the morning, we've made it this far. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. thank you for us making it this far. Yeah. You know, let's make it the rest of the way to work. You know? mm-hmm. Then I leave work and I do the same thing, and then I get home and I'm like, thank you for letting us get home. You know, right. we live in a kiski so there's just another accident right at the by my house, and then there was that really bad accident a mile from my house, right on the highway, you know, I'm like, so I'm just like, hey, I'm happy we made it wherever it is we're going.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's um, it's a pretty cool, like, life outlook, you know, regardless if people are in recovery or not. There's an important balance between, like, what's to come and what you can do about what's to come, you know, like, making good plans, like, having ambitions, you know, and, like, setting goals just you know like that's all like really important good things Mm -hmm. but realizing on the other hand too that there's so many things going on around you like and there's such a bigger world out there that like those things may not work out Mm -hmm. and that you kind of have a couple options when they don't you know like you can flounder you know you kind of got a and b and there's usually a right call and a wrong call i mean not always obviously there's some gray areas and things but back to the point there's like The way you react to the way things don't work out I think is super important. And realizing that things may not work out, you know, and that like you can put in – you can do all the right things the whole time and things still might not work out. But that, like you said earlier, like you're going to be okay and that it's going to be possible to, you know, to not go back to where you came from and keep moving on and make new plans, set new goals, and just go at it again. With the supports around you, get yourself back up and kind of just keep going and doing what you can when you can.
1: That's what's super amazing about this program also is, like, even if I can't see it, I have friends around me who can see what's going on, Mm -hmm. you know? Or if there is something that I truly cannot handle, like, a very traumatic thing, and I can't handle it, like, they are able to help pick up Mm -hmm. me and carry me through whatever that is. You know, them and God can get me through whatever it is even if I can't. And that's what's so important is that, you you know, to build these relationships with people in recovery, you know, and have them and know you for the first time they really get to know – these people are getting to know the real you. And they can see things that you can't. I have, you know, three or four very, very, very close friends that I'm completely, 100% honest with. And I know if anything – truly happened, they would just step in and, like, make decisions for me and just, you know, do whatever it was to keep me safe, Mm -hmm. basically, you know. Yeah. That's why I always tell, like, you know, newcomers that reach out, like, find who you fit in with, find who it is that you, like, you know, become friends with, whoever it is, and be completely honest with them. Because we always talk about no reservations, no, I, I have nothing, nothing could happen today that I'm going to use over, I don't know that, like, hopefully I don't, like, use over being able to tie my shoe, sure, but, I mean, what if my kid died today? I can't tell you exactly how I'm going to react. I mean, I hope that I would do A, B, and C, mm-hmm. but the reality of that, I don't know, and that's why I have these people in my life. That's why I have to rely on God. That's why I have to have that trust and that faith so much. Because I don't know what's going to happen.
2: I really don't. Right. Mm -hmm. It sounds like in the past you used to try to plan and control everything.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm a planner. I am a planner. I'm like... And it's almost manipulative planning. That's why... um, and it's weird i get like this weird power rush from it it's like one of my defects of character and i used it you know in my disease a lot it was like okay if i say this to this person they're going to say that they're going to get mad and then they will sell me that for cheaper out of spite for them and i'll get what i want
3: mhm yeah
1: and um it was using other people completely using them my advantage you know so now today like i try to set an alarm in my phone to plan you know things i don't forget like kids christmas parties and things like that you know but for the most part i really try i know that what people are going to do is what people are going to do what's going to happen to my life is what's going to happen to my life god's going to put things in my life whether i like it or not Mm
4: -hmm.
1: some are going to be bad some are gonna be good. but I have to remember that whether whatever it is, I have enough faith that I'm gonna be okay mm-hmm. That my kids are gonna be okay. Jake's gonna be okay my family's gonna be okay you know I have to I have to truly believe that
0: the friends that, and the supports you're talking about you've made through recovery right and I guess my question is kind of just, if you could, like, kind of remember back to, so, like, um, into your addiction and then, like, now, you know, the friends you carried then and the friends you carried now, like, obviously there's a total difference, but, like, what's the, like, what's that feeling like picking up your phone and you're, like, scrolling through you're, like, oh, this person's my friend and this person's my friend? Just kind of, like, this person's my friend because and this person's my friend because, you know what I mean? Like, because one's obviously really good and one's obviously not as awesome. Yeah. Um what is that like? Is that kind of a cool experience? Kind of, like, I don't know if you ever like step back and think about that. That like kind have, of a freeing experience.
1: I'm a pretty realistic person, so even in my addiction, I knew those people were my friends. Yeah. Like if someone stole from me, I was like, "Well, that's my fault." Like, I expected an addict not to be an addict, really. Right. You know, I let them in my house, like, so I always, I always knew, and I used them just as much as they used me. hmm You know. Um. But I never actually had real friends my entire life. Like, I don't, I didn't even know what that looked like, you know. I knew what it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know. Like, kind of, you know, like, my mother showed me what I didn't want to be. I didn't know really what it was to be a healthy mom. But I knew what I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know. But now, it's like, I think... I think, like, God has given me so many people that carry so many different things to my life that I can go to them for whatever it is. I don't expect one person to meet all my needs. Mm -hmm. I don't expect my one friend or expect Jake to meet every single one of my needs, you know? Like, there's some things that he's good at. There's some things that she's good at. You know, there's some things that that person is not good at. Mm -hmm. But... Every person that I consider my friend that I actually talk to, it's not like very surface level, you know, just hey, how's it going? blah blah blah, did you know this, such and such?
3: Mm -hmm. You know, it's
1: a it's real conversation. It's not just about me either, on their end too. You know. We have things going on in our lives or we just need to vent or I'm just upset about whatever that it might seem stupid to somebody else, but to me, right in this moment, it's a big deal. You know? mm-hmm. And I know that they'll be there if I need them. That's the cool thing.
0: That is super cool. Yeah. And so a year and a half later, we're just gonna segue here, I guess, but um, so a year and a half later, you're still plugged into meetings and things, right?
1: Yeah, I get to do groups. I actually went to RADAC for three weeks and I got my um, clinical technician license Nice. And um, I have one more class to do, and I'll my behavioral health technician license, too, so that's cool, um, which was a huge thing. Like, I left for three weeks and, like, went to a school that was good. And I, I don't know. I never pictured myself being a counselor. I know a lot of people get clean, and they, like, go into that field, or that's what they think they want to do a lot. I was like... I'm not a counselor. Nobody's gonna want to talk to me. I'm too mean to be a counselor. I don't (laughs) have enough compassion. Um, But I don't know. One thing just kind of led to another, which led to another, and here I am. And it's it's really it's really neat, especially because I get to work at all the different facilities. You know, I get to deal with people who are in the detox Mm stage, and um, you know, meet them on wherever they're at whatever level they're at there, I get to come to Outpatient, and I get to talk to them, and, you know, I did art therapy a couple weeks ago, and that was a lot of fun, and we get to talk about more in-depth recovery stuff, you know, about boundaries and things like that. Um, and then I also get to go to the house, and I get to see them when they're kind of in that middle stage of they're just trying to figure out what's going to work for them, and mm. what's not going to work for them, You know, they're really trying to get to that I'm actually powerless and surrender point, which Mm -hmm. is cool. You know, if they're jumping in or they have, like, one foot in, one foot out Mm yet. And then I get to see them over in our transitional living center, you know, when they start getting jobs. And, you know, people are getting their kids back and, like, these amazing things are happening. My friend just got a year, and Mm -hmm. I'm just so, so happy for her. I'm so happy for her. We were in-house together the first time,
3: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, and um, she went back out, and uh, I stayed sober, and I was really, really worried about her for a long time, and she just got a year, and I'm just so happy about that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of amazing things that we get to see um, in this program at meetings, um, at Serenity House, at the Outpatient, at the Detox Center you know, I get to see people in so many different stages of their life, and it just makes me so grateful to be a part of that,
3: mm-hmm.
1: a part of watching other people grow, and I've grown, I've grown so much, just, like, even at this job, I think this job, like, has definitely helped me um, work on being more empathetic and compassionate, you know, and, um, having more of an open mind about how people get sober, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, for me, I'm an addict alcoholic through and through, for me, I know there, I am the real alcoholic, and a 12-step program in God is the only thing that's going to keep me sober, you know, and, but I have seen other people get sober different ways, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that doesn't work for me, doesn't really work for a lot of people that I am around, have tried a lot of different things, but, you know, there's just, there's so many options now. There are so many different things. There's always an option. There's always something else to try. Always. Mm-hmm. And I really try to tell that to my clients. Like, there's always something else we can do. If this did not work, there's always something else we can add. We can take away. We can do anything we need to do. There is no reason that not everybody can get clean and sober Mm -hmm. today there's so many great things whether it's god or church or a 12-step program or um medical wise you know therapy Mm -hmm. whatever like there's just so many things that are offered in this community that there's just no reason not everybody can get sober nobody has to die anymore of this disease Mm -hmm. you know i was in house with 14 people while i was in treatment Three of us got a year, one relapsed. The other one just passed away last week, that had a year. Um, another boy that I was in there with passed away last year. And the other girl got a year, took her three years to get a year.
3: <laughs>
1: so, and I was in there with 14 people. Two were dead, one has a year just now. You yeah. There's no reason why all those people can't be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to remember that, you know, God has a plan for everybody, you know, and, you know, maybe this life was just too much to handle for some people.
4: Mm-hmm. Maybe,
1: you know, there's just too much pain and too much burden to bear. I don't know. Um, I see a lot of bad things, but I also get to see a lot of good things. And I have to remember all the good things that can happen to people that could happen to me, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. There's just, um, I don't think people know that there's so many resources out there anymore. And so I think like things like this and change for the Kenai and all that stuff, I mean, it's it's so awesome. I didn't even know there was a treatment center in our town. I've lived here my whole life. Mm -hmm. I've lived here my whole life and I had no idea that we had a treatment center here. Let alone army treatment centers, we have in the state. Mm-hmm. If this doesn't work for you, there's plenty of options, mm-hmm. you know. And that's just what I try to tell people who are There's all, there is a path that will work for you. There is a path that will work for you. We just have to find it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that takes a minute. Yeah. So, but it's, it's it's really um. Really changed the way that I look at people, the way I've looked at this disease um the gratitude i have for my life with this job being able to work with other al- addicts and alcoholics in all these different you know stages of their recovery and um it's just been it's been an honor really
3: yeah.
0: thank you Daniel for joining us today this was super cool i'm super glad we got to we got to talk to you again. Um,
1: yeah, I'm really happy. I'm sorry it was so hard to track me down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it. No, this was great. Thank you very much. This is you and I. Thank